You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot with virtual coffee, with the collective cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. Well, good morning. Good morning. It is May 25th, 8.02 a.m. It is time for the final installment in our book series with the wonderful book Groundswell written by Scott Adam Martin, who is here with me Today, I will invite him up to speak, Mr. Scott A. Martin. Uh, how the hell are you when you're able to accept? Uh, come on up. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good morning. There you are. There you are. As we wait for uh, people to join us, uh, patience is a virtue. And that's what we're going to be discussing today uh, being patient. Uh-huh. I- I mean, I think um, uh, it was actually a fantastic day yesterday for me. I have to say, when I look back on yesterday, well, first of all, uh, we had uh, uh, a wonderful session in the Collective Cafe. We actually spoke about, I mean, wonderful, very, very uh, tough subject matter, but this, uh, you know, the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, just coming out, there was a 60 Minutes uh, segment, a new report, basically you know, documenting the mental health crisis, the toxicity associated with social media, 
with respect to our our kids, our teens. So we had an, a, a, a hell of a conversation on that. Um, then um, I had um, Dan Lyons uh, on the show. Dan uh, is a best-selling author. He's written some of the you know most uh, profoundly uh, poignant books in our space. Um, he, he wrote Disrupted. Um, he's, he's written books about really kind of the whole uh, Silicon Valley, um, you know, life in Silicon Valley. Uh, he's also actually written for HBO's Silicon Valley as well. And uh, so we had a great, uh, his other book is called Lab Rats. So Disrupted My Misadventures in the Startup Bubble. Um, and we, we had a great conversation. Now, his new book is called STFU, as in shut the fuck up. Um, and, but we spoke about talking and listening. We spoke about the power of silence. He told this amazing story with, uh, RGB with Ruth, uh, uh, did I say RGB? <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's, that's a color palette, right? Uh, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, how her, um, uh, her interns and her, uh, team, they had a two Mississippi rule with her. So whenever she would be, stop talking, they would count one Mississippi, two Mississippi, um, and if she didn't start talking again, that that was their cue to respond or or et cetera, et cetera. The power of silence, the power of listening. There's a, a patience associated with that. And then um, uh, just a couple of hours later, um, we had our first Alpha Beta talk. Um, you know, there is nothing as as more exhilarating and petrifying than your first anything. Um, and so just getting this off the ground, there are another 12 uh, to follow over the next 14 weeks. Um, it There's something very gratifying. It certainly feels like cathartic, a release, when you actually just execute and you don't actually care anymore about what other people think or, you know, or or just really the voices in your own head. Now, at the same time, I went for a walk and started listening. Um, this is this is like an hour. I look back on it. What a Wednesday! Maybe one of my greatest Wednesdays ever. Just in terms of the uh, the stimulation and the intellect, um, you know, that I was surrounded by. Um, but I was listening to um, uh, Diary of a CEO, <clears throat> which is just a. I mean, what a podcast! Um, it's it's like a life changing you know, kind of uh, series. He's just crushing it, Stephen Bartlett. So this is the uh, number one habit and procrastination expert. Um, we've got ADHD wrong, break any habit and never be distracted. Uh, that's the sub- That's the title of it. The person's name is uh, Nir Eyal, and he is an American behavioral design expert. Um, and just starting to kind of listen um, to this conversation about distraction and uh, and focus and you know um it's just like like so much stimulation in terms of being able to um you know just kind of like stay the course um and in this particular case you know the thing the thing about launching the alpha talks yesterday um is that um i know of a great product and and you know, instead of waiting, waiting, waiting for something else to happen, I'm making it happen. That's the point. You know, instead of waiting for the 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 external, you know, the external 
factor. Um, what Nira says um, is that you know a hundred out of a you know eighty percent of all the variables that cause distraction are internal. Twenty percent are external. One thing I just recall really vividly from yesterday was um, was the fact that we blame. I mean, rightly so, right? I mean, if I think about this more, uh, yesterday morning, we blame technology and apps and social media and Mark Zuckerberg. He said, but we forget that before that, there was this concept called the couch potato. And before that, there was the radio. There's always been distraction in our life. And he estimates that 20% of these factors are external. Only 20%. 80% are internal. They are emotional. Um, they are inside us. And if we can solve that... Then we can solve. Then we can solve the challenge with respect to everything from focus, distraction, aid. You know, he has thoughts about ADHD, and I, I would think that all of that relates back to patience. So that's kind of like my my framing um, in terms of of yesterday, and then obviously leading up to to our session together. Um, so just thoughts on 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 thoughts on that, and and other, and anything on your mind. Um, and then we'll kind of uh, start reading the the chapter on patience. Yeah, patience is something that um, I'm not. A, I patience isn't something that came easy to me. Um, I'm, I, you know, in fact, um, I thought it ironic that um, at near near the three quarter mark of me finishing this book, I was incredibly impatient, and I'm writing a book about patience. Um, and, uh, my wife pointed that out and I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, patience is not something that some people think that some people are just naturally patient. It's a, it's a discipline. It's a way of thinking. Um, and it's like, you're like, you're describing all these, um, different, um, conditions or, um, ways of looking at patients like you're right it's always been there it's not a new phenomena uh being distracted um you know it's a it's i think it's a learned muscle and it's 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 like a it's a power control of your mind and in my i can't remember the exact quote but guru singh he just he said you know patience isn't waiting it's knowing right so to me that that was just like when he said that he did that during one of our one of our interviews or something and uh, and I put that in the book and I was like profound because you're showing up and you're doing um for you like um you know you're you're initiating and you're not waiting for external uh things to happen so for example I remember I started my clubhouse rooms back back in the day and I would just open them and there was just two of us. I remember the first one, Mindful Marketing, ended up being, I think, one or two people showed up in the room. And, and we were just doing anyways because we are just like, oh, we're going to talk about this. And then we did it again. Then we did it again. And it literally, the first three, there was no evidence of anything. And then it just started like being a penny, penny doubling and it ended up being a really big room. But what we did was we just knew that we just wanted to show up we just wanted to be to have this conversation about mindful marketing, and uh, it turned into one of the bigger rooms on Clubhouse on Sundays at the time. So it's just just knowing, you know, just knowing that you're you're going to do. I mean, I, by podcast, I would still do podcasts if nobody listened. 
I really would. Cause it's just like, I just, I'm asking questions of people of, of things that I'm just curious about anyways. So that's my thoughts on patience. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much to say about the, this idea of patience. I don't know that it comes uh, easy to anyone going back to the, the, the podcast I was citing. Um, there was, uh, just so many like amazing thoughts just even in the first 15 minutes of it, which is like um, planning time to waste is not wasted time. Um, we need to, these are just some of the quotes I remember, we need to schedule time to worry. Uh, a lot of this comes down to planning. Um, in, in, the, in the early part um, of this conversation and, um, you know, the thing about, I mean, what you said is so true. Um, I could do these coffees just by myself. The fact that the fact that there's a podcast version of it, in a way, makes me uh, feel a little bit more convinced that I'm not going mad, that I'm talking to myself. Um, but the fact is, the ability now to articulate, as I've said many times, and share, um, is just terrific. Now, the, I I would say I would add something to what you said, um, which is exactly the point that I was making. You need patience with a plan. You need planned patience. That's that's the that's the essence. That's the build here. Planned patience. Because when it's when it's patience or patience with a plan, right? Therefore planned patience, um, there is at least some guidelines and guardrails associated with goals, objectives, etc. You know, people in general don't have staying power. They don't have the ability to stay the course. So just like patience, which is a virtue, is not something that you say comes naturally to you. I don't think endurance comes naturally to us either. Um, you know, because patience is the muscle you need in order to endure. And, um, you know, I look at people um, starting um, shows or podcasts right now, and you can almost tell, like, at the beginning if they're going to fade or not. So you just know, like, I, 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 could, I could give you a few people that have started podcasts or, or efforts, um, and I can predict probably quite accurately whether they're going to fade uh, or not, the pod fade. They used to call pod fading, um, it was a thing back in the day, in the OG day, and there were 13, it was 13, unlucky 13. Most people didn't make it past the 13 um, episodes. Here's my point, and I wonder if it's it's probably covered in the chapter, and then we'll kind of get into it. Um, the plan, the patience with a plan or the planned patience, in my opinion, um, has to come also down to like, why are you doing this? What are your goals, your motives, your motivations? Um, because because if you, and this comes back to my conversation with with Dan, when you when you when you force something versus let it come naturally, that's when it all unravels. Um, and when, you know, when it's like, I need more audience, I need more growth, I need monetization, this got to happen now, this got to happen. When you have that pressure, which generally is self-inflicted, uh, right, or self-created, that's when I don't think all the patience in the world uh, is going to help. Um, when you're not doing the right thing for the right reason, or you just don't have enough staying power. And by the way, like let's just let's just kind of bubble this all up to the to the the, the giant elephant in the room, 
um, which is which is the big the brand uh, opportunity and the brand value proposition about community about you know as I say marketing is a commitment not a campaign uh, brands don't have patience brands don't have endurance big brands big companies do not have the ability to stay the course um, because of everything from external shareholder pressures quarterly earnings. Um, but, you know, going back to the concept of, of this podcast that I was listening to, distraction. You want me to just start? Yeah, reading? distractions. <laughs> yeah, maybe start reading, but I was like, distraction isn't, is, is maybe not a big part of what um, I'm referring to with patients. I think it's, it's, um, it's, it's like planting a seed and, and, and expecting it to sprout, you know, it's, it's you, you, things take time and to, to really build something of meaning when someone's anxiously, you know, trying to monetize or do a pressure sale or, you know, like this has got to happen. Um, you know, it's a different energy when you get buy-in, you just know. You're like, look, they're bought in. It's they're gonna they're gonna sprout when they're gonna sprout. I just keep doing what I'm doing, right? It's like knowing that you're so confident in what you're doing, and many of us are not confident because we haven't taken the time to think and be in the build phase. Like, again, I describe the build phase as energy going backwards, like a bowstring going in the other direction, and it's just like taking the time to do a little bit of extra planning, thinking, testing innovating so many people are just ready to just get out and I, don't, I have no problem with just like taking action but take intelligent action be intentional right so you are when you you know think back to any time when you've actually taken the time to uh think through plan through anticipate um and um versus when you just went out and did it sometimes the going out and do it was the best thing because you learned something you needed to take action but when you know it's something long term, it's in you, like you said, like you're, you're the podcast fade, right? That's because their why wasn't deep enough, their their mission wasn't strong enough, their their concept wasn't thought through. Maybe they didn't anticipate the resources and time, or, um, you know, like I said, they, they just didn't have an outcome that they they really understood. They were ex- expecting it to an audience and it to their expectations were so high, right? They don't, that's why in the, um, we'll see in the subsequent, um, if we get to it, it's called the Swan math. Um, it's, it's was, you know, to me, it was like, I, I was at, um, uh, it's world domination summit. And maybe I'll, I'll just let, let you read it and then we'll talk about it. Maybe when we get to it, but it's really this idea of, you know, the Swan, you know, is seems so calm on the surface. But underneath, it's just paddling like crazy. And we judge too soon when we look at each other, at other people's success, and we think, oh, it's just too easy for everyone else. And they're impatient because they're comparing. Um, and so that is the distraction. And I'll leave it at that. Well, I'll go ahead and start reading and uh, and just let me know where about the swan math is because we can always jump to it Um uh, you know, with about 15 minutes to go to make sure that we tackle that. So um, also just uh, hello to Tim, Jensa, uh, Chris, Bez. Um, 
I've just uh, posted, by the way, uh, the uh, on LinkedIn the summary of Rini's uh, Alpha Beta talk with some takeaways. Um, also, we have a copy of the video, um, so it's just wonderful to have that one under our belts. And uh, we'll keep going and keep growing. You know, as soon as you finish one, you got to move on to the other. Celebrate the victory and then move on. So uh, let's move on. Patience is still the new growth hack. Be not afraid of growing slowly. Be afraid only of standing still. Chinese proverb. To grow sustainably, sometimes you have to put in the work even when there's no immediate evidence of result, reward, or response. You have to go on faith. When I think about the natural path, I always think about, I always think first about planting a seed. If you have a seed in your hand, you have more than a seed. You have the possibility of a plant, and that plant has the possibility of bearing fruit, which contains even more seeds. That's valuable. When you plant the seed, you take all the possibility you've held in your hand and entrust it to an intuitive system, an intentional process, with the understanding of the impact that seed will make. When you don't see the seed sprout upon immediate insertion in the soil, do you shout at the dirt, hey, what are you doing? Where are my tomatoes? Of course, of course not. You wait. And more than that, you wait with confidence. Sure, you may throw a little fertilizer over the seed and adjust your drip line to water it more effectively, but really you're seeing the vision and trusting the process, and then you're waiting. Your brand should be the same. You ease into the growth process and do your due diligence, build and give. You may even get creative and broaden your garden by planting some peppers and onions in anticipation of all the ways you can leverage your tomatoes. You might build a lovely fence or, or trellis to uh, complement your garden and ensure you draw bees and butterflies. Then when the time is right, what you've planted will grow. Got a bit flowery on me there at the end with your extended metaphor, Scott. But I, I will tell you, I'm just kidding. I, I will tell you two points that I that I for me um, really really ring true. Uh, the first is, of course, you know the saying that we all love to to use: the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today, like right now. Uh, the other thing, and here's here's a a, a, a Jaffe quote for you. Um, which is, I used to say, the seeds of conversation are not magic beans. Um, so it's a way of actually saying, to add to your point, the only time a seed results in a direct result is the concept of the magic bean. And as we know, at the top of that beanstalk is a giant. Um, so you know that sometimes refers to the idea of going viral or expecting too much too soon. Um, so that's just my my little build there uh, as well. Um, now I'm going to continue. I mean, if you want to jump in, you can jump in at any time. Um, and um, this is a, a section that's called the beauty of growth. Uh, design beautiful growth. Uh, great marketing only makes a bad product fail faster. David Ogilvy. By the way, my worst saying ever in the agency business is uh, the agencies would say, uh, the fastest way to kill a bad product is with great advertising. And I used to hate that version of it because, you know, it almost just felt like if you, if you are an agency and you took the business and you knew the product was crap, 
um, and came up with your great advertising, just to me that felt like almost careless or negligent or um, or disingenuous. Um, but um, that's my build. Maybe I'm maybe I'm I'm kind of slagging on David Ogilvy, but I still believe it. Um, imagine a world in which marketing had more meaning, in which it transcended from eye pollution to art, performing a beautiful dance with branding and service. Imagine if marketing was a personalized individualized interactive experience why not create that world today the most beautiful marketing is simple frictionless and useful it not only looks lovely but also produces a beautifully communicative state it not only works but it feels good to all parties you can entertain educate and inspire and if you do all of this in a way that's memorable and no longer feels like marketing it will still function to move commerce there's a transaction happening sure but there's also beautiful synchronicity. You know what you're doing and why. Your audience is never interrupted. Nothing is irrelevant. Everything is aligned with purpose, both yours and your audience's. All of this allows you to feel really connected to your good or service and it allows your audience to feel really connected to their purchase. It's beautiful because it's intentional, aligned on so many levels. Today, the feeling associated with marketing is often the opposite of beautiful. Instead, it's coercive, cluttered, and chaotic. Approaching your marketing as a beautiful interaction may require a big shift in your thinking and process. Instead of thinking of marketing as ads, think of it as ads, A-D-D-S, ads. Ask yourself, do your ads add value to anyone's life? Are they useful? Are they relevant? Do they have a pleasing aesthetic? Are they hurtful or helpful? Are they interruptive? If handled thoughtfully and consistently, these val- these factors will set you apart from the competition. Remember, you're not here to stick with the status quo. You're here to combine all of that inertia into a powerful groundswell of change. View growth through the lenses of intelligence, elegance, and nature, and add this to the guiding principles of build and give, and you will find your true and most beautiful potential. From here, you can take your groundswell to the next level, where transformation changes everything. We're not trying to find more people who can benefit us. We're trying to connect with humans we can benefit. When you show up generously from the beginning, the return lasts long after the first transaction. I mean, to me, this comes back to um, this comes back to this idea of uh, what I call PBEC, Product Brand Experience Community, where where the P and the B, the functional and the emotional benefits, are still corporate or or brand centric. Whereas the E of experience, which is utility, how does it add value exactly? And the C of community are now customer centric. And when you can flip that and instead of, you know, going back to this idea of um, me ask you a question uh, and for the people in the audience, you can put it into the cafe chat. What is the opposite of distraction? Hang on. Interruption. Hold on, I'm going to make this uh, easy for you. Give a little bit of... um, Give people in the audience an opportunity. So your answer was interruption. Um, anyone, Anyone else want to guess? So... I will tell you what my initial thought was, which is what a lot of people actually think. 
um, which is focus, distraction focus. So according, oh, yeah, my, I'm too early in the morning. <laughs> so, no, but that's not the answer. Uh, the answer, what is it? The answer is, I mean, when you think about it, it's actually so simple. Look at the word, distra- like disinformation, distraction. The opposite of distraction is traction. And by definition, traction pulls you to that which you are maybe focused on, maybe your goals, you know, your task, your objectives, your purpose, whereas distraction pulls you away. So there is a magnetism or, or forces in play for sure. Traction pulls you back to the core. Distraction pulls you away. I just thought that that was really interesting when you actually think about, um, you know, this this whole concept. What do you think about that? I love that. I'm gonna, I'm going to borrow that. Thank you. Love it. Absolutely love that. Yeah. In fact, this chapter, um, there's so many um, things that that got left on the cutting table. This is one that I, I, uh, I kind of wish that we didn't. Um, it was based on the work that I became a certified tastemaker with uh, Pauline Brown. She's the former chairman of Louis Vuitton group. Um, really? She used to teach at Stanford. She wrote a study. She's, been, she used to, she's um, been on my show, by the way. Oh, yeah. You know her? Um, well, I mean, she was on my show. We had an amazing conversation. Just what a small world. They yeah. actually know her. Aesthetic, aesthetic intelligence. Yeah, aesthetic intelligence. Got to know her really well. In fact, you know, I'm, I'm really looking to do some more stuff with her in. Her work with aesthetic intelligence, you know, is what really um, caught my eye. And it was this, it, for me, it's like, I I didn't want to, I wanted to keep this this book, you know, like just kind of like easy concepts. Like it, it was really actually, I gotta be honest, it was like much bigger book. It was more like a textbook. And the, the, the publisher really wanted me to just simplify, make it really simple concepts. Let's just kind of. But the the in depth that I wanted to go into with this whole elegance is the idea around, you know, why do we live in a world where where it's really about um, distraction? It's about interruption. It's about um, it's about flashy. It's about all these things. Why couldn't we? Oh, can you hear me still? Yeah. Oh, sorry, my my phone sounds like it's made sound. Um, is why couldn't we live in a world where? where um, it was almost illegal to do that, you know, where, where, you know, I look at my experience as a kid and flipping through a magazine called Surfer and rarely did I find um, any of those ads misplaced. They, and they were clear when they were misplaced. There was somebody inserting their, but for the most part, the editors kept it in where the ads felt like they were content themselves. Like the, the uh, instinct ads, you know, that we talked about before, you know, they were like, to me, it was like, they were still part of the content. And, and, I, and then it go, you go to other spaces and places and we're just like bombarded. And I, I just believe that if we take it upon ourselves to be congruent, example, congruency would be, I'm a yoga studio and I'm using a click funnel and I'm using clickbait or something to get you into my studio. What's that got to do with mindfulness? That has nothing to do about being present. It's almost like the opposite of what you're actually teaching in terms of your, your uh, yoga school, for example. It's, to me, it's like, how can you show up and 
allow where your branding is actually con it's consistent with the experience and the brand that you are creating for yourself. If, if many people, as soon as it becomes marketing, as soon as it becomes um, something that is about getting people, there's a shift. They're kind and sweet and, and want to create a beautiful experience in person. But when they're trying to sell to you, it just feels a different. So it's, to me, it's about the consistency of that experience. And, and, and if that became marketing and advertising, I believe we would, we would, it would transform the way that you're successful. And I think that it's going to be a differentiator. And frankly, I think it's going to be the way we're going to compete in the future. Well, you're also, it's funny because you're also talking about this idea of like, there's, there's, there's another expression in a way of impatience, right? Which is like the impatience of the book. But the thing that I'll tell you something and, you know, um, how many books have you written, by the way, in total? One. All right. So I'm going to now, you know, flex a little bit. As a five-time author, let me tell you, young Scott. Um, but I'll, but I'll, I'm, I'm obviously kidding. But uh, what I wanted to say to you is um, the book, if you look at the book as nothing more as a conversation starter, then the book ceases to be static the book is unbelievably dynamic the book actually lives on the book is nothing more than than just you know a foot in the door so what we're doing right now is we are evolving the book we are extending the book we're amplifying the book we are discussing all the things that quite frankly you left on the cutting room floor either on purpose or not either thinking damn I shouldn't. I should have put that in, or there's something in that maybe shouldn't have been. Um, you know, new thoughts like the concept of distraction versus traction. Um, but the fact is, all of this just builds a body of work. You build a movement, right, from a moment, which is a book, to a movement, which is community, which is your inner circle, etc. Um, that's how you move from static to dynamic, and that requires patience. You also said, couldn't agree more. And it's uh, to me, I'm like, I'm always like, oh, but there's so much I wanted to say. But we're saying it now. And uh, that's, I think that's my point is I literally feel like there was probably about 20 pages on this topic that I just was like, oh, and with maybe that'll be, that's going to motivate this. Most of the stuff is going into my workbook that I'm uh, providing um, uh, for free people, for free for anyone that owns the book that gets the book um, and we're, we're putting that together here in the next little while. I'm uh, while you're talking, I'm doing a little bit of an experiment myself, suddenly thinking, speaking about patience. Um, and so what I did was uh, I have not actually uh, been in clubhouse in the Jaffe club since, you know, I don't know, probably well over a year. Um, and so, and so what I've done is I've opened up a room uh, in Clubhouse, uh, there's only one person in the room in the Jaffa Club, which is me, which just shows you <laughs> what has happened with Clubhouse. Ouch. Uh, and then I went and just tweeted um, as well about it. So this is just an experiment, first of all. I've put replays on to actually see if anybody shows up, um, but also if the content actually ends up on Clubhouse afterwards and how well you get picked up and I get picked up. So um, it would be kind of interesting because uh, here's the thing, 
uh, pas- uh, passion. Uh, patience isn't passive. So I've jumped uh, to another part of the book because I was looking for the swan moment. Uh, make no mistake, you do not build a groundswell by being passive. Instead, you deploy methodical and deliberate execution. World-renowned entrepreneur and author Dean Graziosi, uh, Graziosi in a podcast interview with me, reminds us that this process is not about getting lucky. It's not hit a few buttons and you're rich. It's a methodical process that first requires the right mindset, followed by the right delivery system, marketing, and product. Not to mention the right ethics and values that make you stand out to your audience. Because, as you will see in the coming chapters, it is ultimately your audience that keeps you going. This is precisely what we're building in this phase of the groundswell, but it takes time. And the progress is not always obvious. Patience is active, but that action often occurs beneath the surface. Imagine water building up behind a dam or a ferocious tiger on the hunt, waiting and watching. The stillness is building up power to be released when the moment is right. In racing, cars, running, speed skating, an athlete may hang back and allow someone else to take the lead. The leader experiences the most wind resistance and has to work harder to stay out front. The athlete knows that it's not about how you start or even where you are in the pack. It's about how you finish. So the athlete moves quickly but also paces for endurance, patiently waiting, uh, patiently watching and waiting for the right time to make their move. This strategy of patience expels less energy to get a better result. Muhammad Ali was a master of patience. To the inexperienced eye, he may look like he's not doing much, but he's actually using his patience hack. Rope-a-dope. Prior to his famous fight with George Foreman in 1974, in which he used this technique, he was known for going toe-to-toe right from the bell, the equivalent of chasing fast growth. But Ali adjusted his technique, patiently wearing down the younger and heavier hitting foreman over the course of the fight and then went for the knockout. Everybody thought he was losing until he won. Patience isn't a crawl and it isn't a run. It's more like a brisk walk, one that builds the strength and confidence to jog. Then, when timing is ideal, you sprint. But all the while, you know you're running a marathon. Patience trusts that the process will add up to victory, even if it doesn't look or feel like it like it in the moment. Case in point, Vanessa Van Edwards. The Swan Effect. Vanessa Van Edwards, a top human behavior researcher, author of Captivate, and lead investigator at the Science of People, said every business is wearing Spanx to hold in the wobbly stuff. She's referring to the fact that everyone, including your competitors, look like they know what they're doing because they hide it well, because they hide well what they don't know. We all have wobbly stuff underneath, hidden out of view. To illustrate this idea, she compares business to a swan. On the surface, a swan appears smooth and beautiful, flowing easily above the water. But just below the surface, the swan thrashes in a murky and constant chaotic hustle. The swan is paddling for her life. I had the privilege of seeing Van Edwards' incredibly moving talk at the World Domination Summit in 2017. That sounds intimidating, by the way. 
She shared the truth about her own swans, the murky depth you don't see, and all the hidden work and time it took for her to achieve her groundswell. She referred to it as swan math. Number one, Twitter. 10 years of tweeting to crack the Twitter code, 3,600 days to find her people, 14,400 tweets to find her voice, and a full-time person behind the scenes. YouTube. Nine years of filming to crack the YouTube code, 437 videos to find her people, 2,567 pages of scripts to find her voice, and numerous people and equipment behind the scenes to make it happen. Blogging. 11 years of blogging, 3,105 posts, not to mention the 1,000 unpublished blogs that didn't make the cut, 348 pages of a website. Today, Van Van Edwards' website touts the fact that she has done more than 1,000 events, spoken to more than 50,000 attendees, and consulted consulted more than 120 companies. And yet, she started all of this with 34 followers. It's not about finding the most people. It's about finding the right people, she said. It took time, but she didn't quit. Instead, she focused on serving, all the while remaining clear and intentional about her outcome. Rather than making rash decisions and reacting from fear of missing out, stay patient, do your homework, set your sights, and lay your groundwork until everything is aligned. This prepares you for when the moment of opportunity arrives. When it does, you can strike with authority and confidence. Don't forget to enjoy the climb. And when you're ready, all you have to do is jump. So I have to say that was uh, fantastic. There were some unbelievable insights there. As, and um, I'm so glad that I actually got an opportunity to read it. Thank you for that, Scott. You're welcome. I think it's the most understated uh, thing in business is, and, and you, you and I both, you know, with the agency background, many times these awards that people, the industry gives themselves, they hide the, 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 the swan math and the swan math. Sometimes like when you see the awards is the agency threw all of their resources at it. And there's no way a client would actually spend that much money to make that re- award. That, that was one of the first times when I saw um, in my industry, a couple of awards go out and I was like, this is bullshit. I'm like, there's no way. And we're, we're using that award as a benchmark and getting our clients to think, and they're going, they're not seeing the murky math. They're not seeing what was there. And then, you know, you see, you, you look at somebody and you're like, wow, they just did a startup and it went from, you know, zero to $14 million. Well, you don't know that that took 30 years of all these different failures of startups to get to that one, it, 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 you know, and, and, uh, you know, and because it maybe looks better, like, Oh, this is my first startup. And it just the way we, we want to portray the success without the what's behind the scenes. And I think that, that what's going to shift with blockchain with it's already happening. I mean, I think it's already here. Like when I, when I started writing this book, it, it, it's shifted already since I've written it. It, it to me, I think that is, what is going to change, um, business is the transparency of of what it takes to to make it happen the inner workings of of things that that people think take you know is easy to do there's so many charlatans selling get rich 
10x, why you should be growing in 90 days, become a millionaire, all this bullshit. And um, people are buying into it because they want that success. And the piece that is not really stated well in there that I would state is what do you become as a result of doing those? That's where I was saying enjoy the climb because when you're ready to make the jump, it's like you're prepared. You've done the work. You've, you know, you've had the, the, the resistance. Resistance creates strength. And that strength is the resistance of, of knowing what it's like to not have, you know, 100 people in the room. And then it's slowly getting more and more people in, in the room. And to me, it's like, what do you become? And the, the, the understanding of the energy it takes for the people, there's no, I mean, I'm not, I have no problem with things that happen quickly and, and successful. I'm not trying to slow things down for anyone. I'm just like, there's a truth here, right? And, and so it's just like somebody that when money and success comes easy, they don't have the chops when things get hard. We talked about that before, but the storm is, uh, 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 a harbor doesn't make a skillful sailor, right? So, you know, I think that there's, there's uh, the combination of truth and the activity it takes to make things. And there's also what you become in the process of being, of going through that process. You know, I'm not, um, I'm not actually just saying this gratuitously, but it just, you know, it strikes me, uh, this completely random thought, but, um, um, you know, I, I paid $11 to buy your book on Kindle. I bought your book. You didn't even give it to me. Um, it, it, it almost seems criminal to pay someone $11 for, for a book that, that, that is this good. Um, and, and, and when I say like, you know, gratuitously, and I'm not even just complimenting you, I'm complimenting all people that have written books. There's so much value in this stuff. Like these Thursday sessions are so valuable. And, uh, I mean this, even this concept of the, you know, suddenly you've made me rethink one of the most famous parables uh, and business, you know, kind of analogies, which is the tortoise and the hare. And the answer is it's neither. There's someone in between. You know, it, in one of these sessions, I actually spoke about being the tortoise of the hare or the hare of the tortoise, right? But I actually think this idea, what did you call it? A slow jog. Um, or, a, you know, it's that's brisk a, walk. a brisk walk. That's a brilliant. Well, the brisk walk, I suppose, is the hare tortoise. And the slow jog is mm -hmm. is the tortoise hare, but maybe there's a third animal in the story, you know, in terms of in terms of, um, you know, an animal that just, uh, you know, just gets on with it, just keeps going, you know, that is that is, um, I, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but but it's um, but it's maybe time to update that parable. That could be a nice piece for you um, to actually a thought leadership piece that you could kind of put out um, that is an extension of the book. You know, that, that this, uh, to me, by the way, it should be an, um, either an amphibious uh, animal or, or particularly um, one from the sea, just in keeping with this idea of, of um, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, but like what is an animal, whether it is, you know, um, you know, flight-bound, earth-bound, or sea-bound, that kind of, it could be a penguin. It could be a penguin, actually, um, because penguins are both. Penguins do these, you know, what was that flight of the penguin? Yeah, fast in water. 
Hmm? Yeah, they're slow on land and they're fast. They're slow on land and fast in water. Oh, it's yeah. a penguin. It's a penguin. Um, I'm going to send you a, a, an, a, a big invoice for that. It's a penguin, Scott. And it's a, uh, <laughs> no, seriously, this is, this is like, these, these builds are, are really amazing. Uh, one thought before, there's one more section that I want to jump to, which is the, um, the swan, the swan stuff. Uh, I always, I heard that analogy actually initially about ducks, um, but um, but I like swans because because really um, swan is exter- you know the the ex the grace the exterior the calmness you know um, they have much more um, you know superficial appeal than a duck um, and yet they're exhibiting the same thing under and un, you know underground I, I I kind of feel and I'll just like rather just say the punchline that. We shouldn't overshare. We shouldn't be too vulnerable. We shouldn't indicate how weak we are and how much we're struggling. I, I, it's really a question, but I'm going to make it like a statement, and you can feel free to, you know, push back or disagree. Or if anyone's in the audience wants to come up or put into the uh, the cafe chat, um, and I feel I'm going to take a step back. Too often we see people succeed. We thought they were cruising. We had no idea how much they were struggling. And once they succeed, they come out and tell you how much they were struggling and about their dark days. And in a way, the benefit of that is to realize, oh, wait a second, things were not always as they seem, and maybe that's going to inspire some other people that are struggling at the moment. But I wonder to myself, why not have indicated that you were struggling earlier on? Might you have been helped, or might that actually have helped you more and helped other people more? So, so amidst that whole hodgepodge of what I just said, Scott, I wonder what your thoughts are about this idea of, um, you know, should we be more transparent about what is going on under the water sooner, or strategically, should we be doing what, quite frankly, is the norm, which is we don't share, we make it, you know, we create all the bunnies and birdies and puppies and flowers, you know, our Instagram reality and only when we succeed, which is not always a guarantee, that's when suddenly we come out and go, well, actually, you know, you have no idea what actually really went on. I think it's both. I mean, have you ever seen somebody who shares too much and you're like, oh, my God, you know, um, everything's a struggle. The trauma um, dump, yeah. You know, and I think it's what it comes down to is intention. Why are you sharing? Um, and you know, if you, if you really think about, you know, transparency versus, you know, not sharing If if sharing is going to hurt you, it's going to, um, it's going to have a, a negative effect. It's not going to help anybody. It's just about, because you want to get attention going again, going back to intentionality, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. But if by you sharing, it's going to help you and help your audience and, and help others, then it's a choice. And and you could choose to do it on your own terms. I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. I think everyone's um, journey is the same. It's when we fake and intentionally yeah. pretend that uh, things are are uh, this was easy or whatever. Then then to me, it's it's the intent. It's not really which one is better. I think everyone's should follow their own sort of path. Yeah, if you will. it's it's the same point we made at the beginning, right? Planned patience. It's actually having a plan. It's a, it's a, it's a longer-term vision. And you actually cover that um, in the book. 
Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to wind down today because we have about nine minutes left. Also just shout out to Maui Nancy who's here and Peggy who came in. Uh, I will tell you the POAP code uh, in a few moments. It will be ready in about four minutes. Um, but there's one more little section um, and it's just a, a page, a, a page, it's called Rejecting Patients. Not everyone believes in or is comfortable with patients. In fact, there is a cultural movement based on the fire, ready, aim approach. It's a shotgun model that encourages businesses to take action without a defined target. It's a rush of rapid fire attempts to see what, if anything, makes an impact. The gung-ho growth addicts around you may want to MacGyver their processes with the proverbial duct tape and paper clips, but don't mistake patching things together for being resourceful. They're not the same. There was a time when I brought into all of that 10x, get rich fast, ask questions later mentality. Unfortunately, this mindset usually emanates from a place of scarcity. Now, I recognize that approach is not a strategy. It's fear of missing out, and fear will get you and your groundswell nowhere. Not only that, but charging ahead without gathering the necessary pieces into place is potentially dangerous. Rushing growth, perhaps breezing through the build phase or skipping it altogether, comes at a high cost to your groundswell. Resources like time, money, and energy are finite, and when you don't take the time to think ahead, you risk wasting them. The cost is not just financial, it also comes at the price of other intangible essentials like morale and momentum. Remember though, that patience is not twiddling your thumbs waiting for your audience to find you. It's mindfully taking the right action and allowing time to see the results. It's not waiting to get started, it's having the courage to stay the course. It's trusting yourself and your vision and then doing the work to make it come to life um this you know the 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 corollary of this or maybe uh, maybe the the counter maybe you can reconcile this for me is this idea of uh, progress not perfection right done what, what's it uh, uh perfect done is the enemy of perfect or whatever so perfectly yeah so uh, how do you how do you bring those two together i mean are that odds or are they actually just two kind of halves of the same whole no, it's you know it's there is it's a little bit of like the there's a fine line you know I I I'm always in favor of uh, well that's why I call it an active strategy right testing your ideas testing an idea and taking immediate action I think makes a ton of sense but when you how many people do you know anyone in the audience think of yourself that they're always someone's always starting something new and you already go I wonder how long this is going to last it's because they're constantly just taking action. They have, they're just like, and think of it like a, a, or in a business, even if they're in the same business, they're changing marketing initiatives or campaigns even. Think of it like zigzagging. How much energy, economic waste and time by zigzagging and just taking action and just trying to figure it out. You're chopping this way and then you go this way. Taking the time to think and plan and put a little more energy and getting this, that direction is far more important. Now, so there is a balance because sometimes you want to just take action and people are trying to get perfect. Um, this is not, this is not really aimed for them. This is for people who are, um, this is me. I mean, I was, this was me. I mean, I'm literally writing like what my journey was, which was, I just went, I was like, I'm just going to go figure it out. I'm just going to go do it. 
And um, that uh, wasted years and clients and lots of things with because I wasn't really getting uh, intentional about what I was doing. I was just following the trend or following the shitty penny and just taking action, not um, taking time to think about my action. And there's so many people that reject this because of that, um, of what you're describing, which is, um, you know, take uh, imperfect action, right? As a, um, and I think that there is, that is totally valid. But somewhere in between, I think it, what it comes down to is, are you mindfully doing it or not? If you're mindlessly doing it, then I, I think that this is this is for you. Um, if you're mindful about it, then I think you just that's taking action. It's, that's I think that that's fine. It's perfect action moving in a direction. I'm it's, cool with that. I mean, such a great kind of few words to kind of bring together: intentionality, uh, planning, um, you know, purpose. Um, I saw a tweet that said 90% of communities fail. Why? Most founders are not intentional in what they're building. And, um, and, and I will say, you know, just, just to kind of bring it home. And again, if anyone wants to, any questions for Scott, because this is, this is the last uh, installment this month. Next month, we have Matt Thieleman coming in and we're going to be doing a live read of This Is Coaching. Um, and just to share with everyone, you know, Matt actually, um, I'm trying to now, um, this didn't happen with Scott, but I'm now, Scott has been, actually, I, I owe you a lot, Scott, because, you know, uh, unintentional, um, because now what I'm going to do is I'm going to say to people, I'm going to, let's put it this way, I'm going to look first to our members to to uh, devote a month or eventually a week to their books. And, and then, and only then, you know, we may actually bring in another book, um, and there I'm going to try and figure out if there's a way to monetize. But before I do that, I'd rather make it a member benefit uh, as an opportunity to kind of showcase. Uh, and so when I started talking to Matt, he was like, yeah, I love what you're doing with this whole Web3 thing. I'm, I'm buying a membership regardless. Um, and so we're going to have his book in. So if you have any questions in the last few minutes um, for Scott or comments, um, I really, really, you know, intentionally am saying to you, buy this book um, for $11 on Kindle. Um, you should actually send him a tip um, because, um, I mean, the conversation has been amazing. For those of you that, that, that joined a little bit late, go look at my LinkedIn because I've summarized every one of these sessions um, with an article on LinkedIn. I just actually posted, in fact, I put in the cafe chat, um, a summary of the first Alpha Beta talk. Um, so, Dan, you are a, a full member. We slowly but surely are getting this puppy uh, you know, uh, kind of to, to start moving. Uh, we had our launch event in New York City. Um, we now have 13 alpha beta talks, which which will precede even day one of your pass, um, you know, actually um, starting to, to be in effect. I'm mentioning all of this because there is patience and then there is um, being stubborn, being a stubborn mule. Maybe it's a mule, Scott, <laughs> Maybe the animal is the mule. Um, like there is a balance and there is a continuum between giving up too soon and not giving up, and or and and and, and I should I should say and actually not yeah not giving up when you should have. So you know I've thought about it. Like I think about why this is so powerful to me, and I'm so grateful for the session. Is I read the Swan Effect or Swan Math. 
and I think about my show and I think about Alpha Collective and I think about everything I'm doing and I think about my life and my career and you should all think about yours and actually be inspired by this idea. And the way that she also broke it down, it wasn't just how long I've been doing it. It, it, was, it was the number of posts and the style and the this and it was to find your people and find your tribe and find your voice. There are all these different finds that have to align. It's the same thing like planting the seed. At the end of the day, you don't, if you plant a seed into concrete, right, wet concrete or dry concrete, pretty much nothing is going to happen. You need a bunch of, of conditions to apply. In fact, I think you spoke about the word ecosystem early in, in what I was reading, Scott. You need the, the climate and, and the water and, you know, the environment and no pests. And you need a whole bunch of things to actually go right. So, the content and the context apply. And so ultimately, that's how, for me, I bring it home in terms of realizing that it is a balancing act ultimately. Uh, For sure, we should never, ever give up and give in too early and throw in the towel, Um, especially if we've done the planning, if we have the passion, the purpose, the why, etc. But sometimes actually not giving up. You know, this whole concept of, of kind of community as well. Sometimes you do need to give up because by giving up, you actually live to fight another day and there is an opportunity cost or an opportunity loss. But for the most part, I'd rather be the stubborn mule um, than, I guess, maybe the goldfish. Listen, I've given you three things, Scott. Which is it? Damn it. Is it a penguin? Is it a goldfish? Or is it a mule? I don't think it's a mule. I don't like that. I like the penguin. I think the most because it's it. it if, if you think if you've seen this, the flight of the penguin, the, them swimming underwater, there is no part of. I had to put so much weight into the patience, the slowness of it, because in this culture, there's a cultural override of 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 re- being rapid, quick, <clears throat> junk food, you know, thinking. But the truth is, on a foundation of clarity a foundation of finding your people there's massive acceleration ground swells are not not slow they're fucking heavy they're strong uh, they when they make impact on the reef they're you know there's they're faster than than wind waves wind swells but um you know there's more devotion to um patience and slowness because i just felt that i mean the build represents over half the book mm. and it's because I just felt more people needed that and they needed the information and the, the hope and the encouragement that it's worth it. The juice is worth the squeeze. The Jeffy um, juice. Because I could easily, sure, you know, and it's, and so, um, cause I could, I mean, I would, I could, I'm one of the books I'm going to be writing is called tsunami. Uh, the tsunami start, which is, I'm, that's the book that everybody probably wanted me to write first, which is how to create rapid growth. And, um, and I'm saving it for last because to me, except I've got a four book series with this. And, and to me, it's because I felt this was the foundation. It's like, give someone the foundation. And so the foundation would be just in your own mind is when you figured out your message, you figured out your systems, you've, you've kind of gone through and you've, 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 you've got things in place. You've, you've, you've figured out stuff. You've you you know what you what you're about and what you're saying and where you're going the impact you want to make on the world and this is really for people who are trying to build a groundswell like a movement yeah. 
You've you've made it as soon as sorry. I was just gonna say when the moment when the moment arrives, and there's moments, and they've happened to everyone, and and I know that if I just say that, they're gonna think in their minds of a of a time when there was rapid growth opportunity. They had to run at things, but because they didn't have their shit together, pardon the pun, they the wheels fell off the bus. And the analogy I use is when I lived in Hawaii. I used to drive a Maui cruiser and uh, Maui, um, um, uh, Nancy will love this analogy. And um, I used to drive it from Kihei to uh, um, Kanaha and I wouldn't drive it too fast through the pineapple fields. But as soon as I hit a certain point, the, the shittiness of the vehicle, the tires stuff, if I drove to Lahaina on the highway, it would actually, it broke down because it's like, imagine a car at a low speed you don't notice the the things that are wrong. You start adding speed to that. The wheels start falling off the bus, so to speak, right? Like you start feeling the imperfections, the jiggle of the the looseness of the of the of the car. Think of your vehicle, your business is you want to get that before you want to put the gas on. And when the opportunities arise, you want to be ready for it. And so that's when you actually take massive momentum when these opportunities arise and you're ready for it. Now it's not every it's not a perfect world, but it's like on a foundation when you have things that are foundationally put together. The fact that you've been putting these rooms together, and one of the things I want to acknowledge you for right now is thank you for having me in this room. But you have built like when I look at this fast and slow, thinking fast and slow and and, and acceleration and patience, you you have these rooms, you've been so consistent, and then literally like an hour's you have all this incredible content that's published and put your systems, your ability to, when you're ready, when this, when this goes, you are ready because I'm looking at that didn't come overnight. Did it Jaffe? You, you, you've, you've been working on yourself. You've established these systems. So to me, these little sprints, I see, I see glimmers of it. I'm going, you're, this guy's ready to explode because just, you already are a flight testing rapidity, like rapid, um, scale of like the content anybody that's in this room and sees what is it an hour later or the next day I'm like I see like three different publications you created and they're all like really incredible and I'm like holy crap this guy's like got it together that systems that journey that you're on is you're now ready to take advantage of when things start and that's the difference does all that right. make sense I it does I appreciate it and and yet you still have to get lucky um, you still need a bit of luck. You still need a bit of help. Sure. You know, and, and that's what I've learned. And that's that's the that's the humility that comes from this this uh for me one of the greatest releases is this when you realize either that you've hit not the wall but the ceiling, um, and that you need help and that you can't do it alone. It is one of the most uh incredible feelings in the world to actually ask for help. By the way, you know, we said By a goal, the way, lucky. Yeah. Sorry, you said lucky though. Lucky's true, but lucky always favors the prepared. Yeah, when when those preparation meets opportunity, that is the definition. I want to also acknowledge uh, Dr. Francine Hardaway, uh, who I uh, uh, humiliated by turning her into Yoda. Uh, but you know, I will say, uh, uh, no, I, people really like that. I loved it, I- and I love you. And look, you, you're like talking to me from Clubhouse right now, which is... Yeah, I, because it's an experiment, I want to be part of it. You, you know, are. That's who I am. And you're yeah. going to be an alpha beta speaker. Um, and I already have Rini's 
um, summary up on LinkedIn, and I just posted that in Discord um, and and the video. And I, I think I think you're right, Scott. Um, and and you know, I we set a goal of we set a first goal of getting twenty people in the room in Discord um, a couple months ago, and we we didn't get there. And said, "All right, well, you know, that was that was our first attempt. Our second attempt was to get twenty people in the room during this month." you know, being able to kind of leverage also you and and your fans and your community. We didn't get there either. But today, funnily enough, with Clubhouse, there might have been five or six or seven people in and out at any given point in time. And we may have got very close to that number of 20. And I think what you basically said, uh, it rings true and it feels very personal to me, which is not if, but when it hits and when it takes off, it's going to take off. Um, but you've got to be ready for it. Um, otherwise, um, otherwise, um, it just, you know, you get left behind. You know, managed growth, sustainable growth, that is the whole essence of what you've been talking about. Bez is asking, you know, Bez says, enough of this crap, I just want my POAP. Uh, and uh, I changed it to see um, if uh, if it's going to work. Francine, who's sitting in Clubhouse at the moment, um, Francine, we got to see if we can get, by the way, our friend Ed to see if he'll allow me back into the startup club. It would be really nice to be able to start simulcasting this, or if not startup club, another club uh, that actually has a few people because the Jaffe Club is kind of dead. Um, but um, I would I would love anyone's suggestion in terms of should I be simulcasting this on Twitter or Clubhouse? I want to go to Clubhouse, uh, but I want to find the right club. Um, that would appreciate what we're doing Start, here. Startup Club would uh, would appreciate it, and but, but I need to I be think, invited back. Oh, okay. Because um, because I I am in it, but Ed just uh, did uh, he. Uh, we can talk about it offline. All right, that, I don't run Ed, but I will I will call Ed today, and I will ask him thank because you. there's another new platform called Blue Sky. Um, and Ed has kind of moved on to thinking about Blue Skies and um, their audio platform, which I think is called Skynet, which is still in beta. Unfortun- anyway, unfortunate name. Yeah, well, maybe it's wrong. Maybe. Hey, who wants uh, to know the the POAP code today? I changed it. That's why it's Flight of the Penguin. Um, so if you go into poap.xyz and you type, it should work, I hope, Flight of the Penguin. Um, and uh, I, am in, uh, I am in Blue Sky, just got an invite. Um, uh, but uh, there may or may not be someone who's, who's actually in the room right now who might be able to give an invite out. So um, if, um, I will just leave it at that. Bez is saying he's on the wait list. I actually got uh, an invite through someone else. Um, and, um, but yeah, so I'm going to keep trying, um, just to let people know, um, Monday we manifest Tuesdays, thought leadership Tuesday, Wednesdays, wellness Wednesday, Thursday, we do the live book read and Fridays, no agenda Friday where everyone is invited up onto stage. Uh, I will say this and I will say it again, uh, that this is the highlight of my day. Some of the best content I've ever created in my life right now happens inside the collective cafe. Um, and I ask people that are here, all all of us, which is which is you know, we should share it, not not just for selfish gain, but because you know, good goes around. 
and um, and and I believe we're creating something amazing, amazing here. And of course, Allah Super Bosses, which we did a live read in as well, and I met. Uh, you know, um, uh, the super bosses concept came thanks to Bez. Um, community and audience driven is the way to go, number one. Uh, but number two, my goal is to fire myself. My goal is um, to uh, allow everyone else to shine um, rather than myself, uh, rather than myself. I say this, you know, unabashedly and honestly, which is, um, and I'll say it a little tongue-in-cheek, which is I don't need to be the smartest person in the room anymore, even if I am. And I don't think I am, to be honest. That's now not tongue-in-cheek. Um, I just need to let everybody shine. And it's a beautiful feeling. And it comes with age and it comes with maturity and it comes with security as well. Um, one of the things that we we discussed yesterday in the Dan Lyons conversation, which was just a brilliant conversation, I actually came up with something for him, which he now said, I'm going to take this with, with, w- you know, I'm going to take this with me. Because the whole thing was, his book is called STFU, right? Shut the fuck up. And I said, talking is when we're trying to prove ourselves. Listening is when we're trying to improve ourselves. So just a little word, I am into prove. Um, and he said, I love that. I'm going to use that. And it's true though. You know, when we talk, we're trying to prove ourselves. Look at me, you know, like choose me. I'm important. You know, I'm worth something. I, I, I need your validation. But when we listen, we're actually trying to improve ourselves and we will improve ourselves thanks to wonderful people like Dr. Francine, Scott. I have to tell you that I've heard what Dan Lyons just said put another way many, many years ago in Edgar Casey's Meditations. Prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. And it fits exactly the way Dan Lyons said it. Exactly. Well, it's everyone, really... we, we went a bit long today, but it was worth it. Let me see if I can extend the, the, the poem a little bit, uh, just for those of you that want to get it. Um, I extended it a little bit. So Flight of the Penguin, not Flight of the Bumblebee. I can't um, get it. You can or can't? I can't. I went to Poab XYZ. I'm going to see if it works myself. I'm going to stop recording, at least on my roadcaster. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.